So we had to shut down. We had to, you know, put our brains together, not just as educators, but as human beings and say the right thing to do right now is to teach remote. We don't know how it's going to look. We don't know how it's going to go. We don't even know how we're going to teach online because, you know, like certain circumstances, you know, you don't know if the child and in certain scenarios, they didn't, they didn't have access to internet. They don't have a tablet or they don't have a device, you know? So we were just like, we want to reach out to our babies. We want to reach out to our children, our future. And we want to make sure that our future has a foundation strong enough with the hands of educators, just holding them together saying, we got you. But we were scared, but we still did it. And we're, and we're still doing it. We're still doing it to the best of our capability. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Zone of Proximal Development with me, your host, Marjorie. We started this project to amplify teachers' voices and experiences as we reflect on a year of remote learning through the COVID-19 crisis. President Biden went on television this week to update us that the United States has reached a milestone of administering 150 million doses ahead of schedule, he said. I'm super happy because the faster we can get the virus's immediate threat away from us, the better. For teachers, however, the grind continues. Last week, I had a fantastic conversation with Natalia, a family engagement coordinator at a charter school in the Bronx. I mentioned then that it can seem like teachers bear the brunt of responsibilities in the school system. Still, we must amplify other crucial voices in our communities. Individuals that offer us unique points of view as we explore what it means to educate in the time of COVID. With this in mind, this week I had the absolute pleasure and honor of speaking to Joseph, a substitute paraprofessional in New York City. I've known Joseph since he was a kid who would hang out with his mom, my teaching mentor, after school. I would try, emphasis on try, because I was definitely out of my depth to help him out with his high school math homework. He has blossomed into an incredibly insightful and empathetic young man who is doing the amazing work of supporting our most vulnerable students, both academically and emotionally. I love working and exchanging ideas with youth. That is the best part of my job as a teacher. Furthermore, it is always amazing to speak to people at the beginning of their careers as educators. My conversation with Joseph filled me with hope and energy. His dedication to our children is beyond evident and highly contagious. Is it okay to use contagious metaphorically anymore, I wonder? You'll let me know. I particularly love his ability to focus on the positive takeaways we can hold on to as we think about our collective experience with COVID. I never thought I would say I had a blast talking about teaching through COVID but I definitely did. As he states in the recording, we could have gone on exchanging ideas for hours, but our education duties beckon. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did, and I hope you get as much insight into the perspective of paraprofessionals on this COVID journey as well. Coming in, how you better get out the kitchen. Yeah, I can make a hit on whatever you pitching. Baby, let me fill up whatever you missing Or you like it up at the top, it's a better view, in it? I'm not surprised at all, no way 
Hey, what you need? Come on, just pay the fee. I supply it all. Went up the mountain and it wasn't hard to climb at all. At the top, I found some relief. You see, so please don't mess up the moon. Yeah. I worked too hard for it. No, I need it, beat it. Oh, you mess up the moon. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am recovering from this second dose. You you know about this. You know about my last few days. It's been wild. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> that that second dose. It's, it's no joke. <laughs> no yeah. joke at all. I have to say, though, it is the most rest I've gotten <laughs> in like months. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I remember with my second dose, Um, I was we were I was driving home. Well, I wasn't driving home, but I was like, my mother was driving me home, and mid conversation, I fell asleep. Yeah, I don't, like I, I don't even remember falling asleep. Yeah, I don't even remember falling asleep. I fell asleep for fifteen minutes, and let me tell you that fifteen minutes felt better than eight hours of sleep. <laughs> for real, it's really crazy. Unintended consequences. Like that first day, I took off work because I have that mm-hmm. privilege. That's a whole other tangent I want to get into. Like unpaid yeah. leave, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to go to work after getting this vaccine, but. I took, like, it was, I felt like I was in a coma, right? Like, I left the door open so I could be mindful of my kids. I'm like, they're old enough. They they won't burn (laughs) the house down. But it was like, I could hear everything, but I couldn't open my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It was wild. All right, so it's great to have you here, um, Joseph. So can you tell us a little bit about, we're just getting right into it. Um, Can you tell us a little bit how how you got into education and what your role is in education? Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm Joseph. Um, I'm a substitute power professional. Um, I've been a substitute power professional literally two weeks before covid shut down the world <laughs> like not even kidding you it was like i'm like getting into the groove of things la da da and then boom um so i got into the education field um when i was younger i was in high school um used to do like little stipend jobs um after school tutoring and stuff and i noticed that a lot of educators at the time were fond of me in the sense of oh yeah come back Oh, yeah, like here's an application for next year and the following year. And here's my contact number just in case you're ever interested. You know, I was young at the time. Um, So to be honest with you, I didn't keep any of that information. Uh, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Um, So I went to I went to college. Um, I have my associates in accounting. I went into finance. And then one of like I've always kept in my back back pocket. I'm like education was really like my comfort zone in the sense of I felt like I could rely on others rather than others relying on me. And when I rely on others, I can help other people. You know, it's kind of like a chain, right? That's how education is. It's a chain of knowledge rather than, you know, going somewhere else and you're the source of it. Right. Right. I'd rather be the, I'd rather be the source for many than a source for few. And um, I recently went back into education because I felt like my heart was in the wrong place. It is it is collaborative in nature. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to ask uh, for people who are not in New York City, 
<laughs> what is a paraprofessional? Okay, so um, what a paraprofessional is is um, is essentially a man or a woman who or whom come in and fill in a role as um, some would call it as as like an assistant or like you in a sense shadow a teacher, um, and you help um, the teacher or teachers in some in some cases. Um, again, outside of New York, um, it might be different. It might be one teacher or two teachers in the classroom, but you assist both te- both teachers or the teacher that you're with for the day, um, whether it's like a delegated duty in the sense of, yeah, this child um, is struggling with reading a little bit. Can Do you mind helping him or her pronounce their words? Or do you mind helping um, expand the vernacular of of this child? This child might use... Um, I don't want to say simple, but they might use small words as like it, they, and it and they actually have word, actually have meaning behind it, or actually have real names, but they mm-hmm. don't know how to pronounce it. Right, so right, right. it's yeah, you're just you're just like helping the children and also helping the teachers as well. Um, and going up and beyond just helping the kids because at the end of the day, you help the teacher, teachers, you're really helping the kids as well, whether it's indirectly or directly like that. And sometimes, just to to clarify for some people, right, sometimes based on uh, an individual education plan or IEP, um, Mm -hmm. a student might might, uh, require a paraprofessional for support, whether it is emotional support or academic support. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes there, so there are individual paras and there are classroom paras as well who like you de- like you described, they help the teacher overall in the classroom. I just wanted to clarify that because we have listeners from other places and New yeah. York City is an interesting system. So I just wanted <laughs> to put that put that out there. And to me, you know, to me, paraprofessionals are just another teacher in the classroom. That's always been my philosophy. Yeah. I know that for some people some people have strange beliefs. I have always found particularly because I, I, I came into teaching very young and I learned a ton from paraprofessionals who knew a lot more than I did um, when, I, when I started out. So, and and one, of our, one of my great friends and friends of your mother, should, should, I should disclose now that <laughs> your mother is my, the person who actually taught me how to teach. Um, and so our our great friend was our paraprofessional at the time, who was also now a teacher. So um, paraprofessionals are vital, vital, vital. And oftentimes they have a really dynamic and 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 unique relationship with the students. So I just want to put that out there, my love and support for paraprofessionals. But it's wild. You know, I didn't know that there, until you, I didn't know that there were, to be frank, substitute paraprofessionals. And then I'm thinking, so you had just started and then you went remote. How does, a sub, how does it work to be a substitute paraprofessional remotely? That's the same question I asked myself when this all started, <laughs> to be blunt. Um, because again, I just literally jumped into it and I, I will forever remember this day, March 13th, 2020. Friday the, the 13th. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> literally. The, I think it was either the first or the second Friday, the 13th of the month. And I remember it was like, 
it was like you know when like a church like hits like 12 it was like like (laughs) i felt like that was us like walking out of the classrooms because we didn't know we had no clue what was about to transpire so i walked in i walked into the classroom um i was a i was actually a one-to-one para at the time um so you know i'm brand new to this i'm like okay it was a health reason fine absolutely no problem and then the first day the 12th no actually it was it was the 11th because it was wednesday thursday then friday we were in for three days and wednesday it was like you know like we were like roaches, like spread out all over the place. Everybody's like <laughs> scattering, like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, what's going go on? Everybody's making copies. Everybody's yeah, making packets. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like, literally, like people were making packets on packets, like like loaves of bread packets. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still new. So I'm like, what's going on? Can I help you? Like, is there anything I can do? And legit, it was just like, no, it's okay. We got this. Again, I'm a new substitute para. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. The next day. It's like calm before the storm. Everybody's like whispering like, oh, it's just two weeks. Oh, it's just a month. Oh, um, don't worry. We'll be, we'll be back next week. And I remember telling myself because I did a little bit of research behind the coronavirus. And I'm just like, we're not ready for this right now. Like not just the education system, but the like, frankly, the United States. Because we were, I was seeing um, what was going on overseas in China and Italy, France, Berlin, Aust- um, Australia. Even though, I don't know why, they didn't get hit as hard. But still, I was looking internationally and I'm like, they're doing things that we're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're not ready. I'm like, where's the pen and paper for us so we could take notes? Very next day, like, I was trying to lighten up the mood, like... Like, legit, what I'm telling you is, like, what I was trying to tell the teachers, because I saw we were all scared. Mm-hmm. We were all scared because it's, like, imagine 500 people, 600 people, in some cases, in one school. Yeah, you know, you know it's weird because I remember, um, I don't remember that period of time very well. <laughs> I don't, like, <laughs> I was, like, doing test prep and all of this, and I don't, I just remember, like, little snippets. I don't know if it's, like, my brain protecting me from the trauma, but yeah. I do remember, I remember at one point, and I don't know where in the timeline it was, where Italy was, like, this is going to be you. When Italy shut down and they were, like, United States, knock, knock, listen up. You see this? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is gonna be you. And everybody was like, "No, it's not." That that was um, <laughs> if I if I remember correctly, that was the last week of February. Only reason why I'm remembering this stuff is because um, my anniversary is the 18th, and it happened like a few days after. <laughs> and then I remember um, what happened the 13th, only because it was literally Friday the 13th. And I will be honest with you, I was scared. I was really really scared because I'm like, why do I have to live? In a, in a historical event right now. Like, this is going to be written down in textbooks. Well, PDFs now, but... <laughs> <True>. <laughs> this is going to... This is historical, you know? And I'm just like, is this what would have happened if the plague was, like, in the 2020s and, like, the 2000s? And the answer is yes. Because we had to shut down. We had to, you know, put our brains together, not just as educators, but as human beings, and say... The right thing to do right now is to teach remote. 
We don't know how it's going to look. We don't know how it's going to go. We don't even know how we're going to teach online <laughs> because, you know, like certain circumstances, you know, you don't know if the child in, in certain scenarios, they didn't, they didn't have access to internet. They don't have a tablet or they don't have a device, you know? So we were just like, we want to reach out to our babies. We want to reach out to our children, our future. And we want to make sure that our future has a foundation strong enough with the hands of educators just holding them together saying, we got you. But we were scared, but we still did it. And we're, and we're still doing it. We're still doing it to the best of our capability. It's crazy. You know, sometimes I think like, it's that, that cliche, like you don't know what you're capable of doing of doing until you have to do it because like I said I was like in a in a daze and then as as the alarm kind of started sounding louder I'm like okay but the state test is next week and my kids are really doing well <laughs> like yeah like, yeah like I'm yeah. like all right so this seems like it's like a legit situation right now like I finally stopped to pay attention I was like so this seems like a legit situation but Will it really make a difference? Like, can we go remote next week? Because I really yeah. want to take this test. Mm -hmm. And then I felt awful, right? Months later when all those statistics came out. I think it was yeah. Columbia that was like, if we had stopped even two weeks prior, um, this, um, this amount of lives would have been saved, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, I, it was wild. It, 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 it was just hard hearing that even now. It's a whole year later. Yeah. Even now, it feels like it just happened yesterday. And to be frank with you, um, we're approaching the anniversary. We passed like, it. No, no, no. Like, like the anniversary of just like, all right, like this is permanent. Because remember, all like right. we didn't know, we didn't know if we were gonna come back or not. Like we were in limbo for like what, almost a month. I thought just like, I thought it was gonna be two weeks. I was a two week person. I was like, all right, like I'll chill out. Mm. I'll clean my closet. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, no, 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 no. I, I was one of those people and I was very few. And again, people looked at me like I was um, Cerberus with like three heads. <laughs> but I was like, no, like, seriously, like, look internationally. You know, like you brought up Italy, right? You brought up Columbia University study and stuff. And it's just like, you know, I was just like, we're not as a, I'm like, as a nation, we're not doing the right thing right now. I'm like, we should have shut down like the minute we heard about it. But that's hearsay at this point. You know, we're here. We're doing what we can now. And we're honestly doing our best, not just as people, but like teacher wise, we're doing our best as educators, you know, trying to teach our children remote, trying to, you know, accommodate them in the sense of like, oh, hey, you know, I understand you might not understand this, but let's go to a breakout room or in a sense of sub paras and paraprofessionals go to a breakout room with um, with this with this child help this child learn, right? Or can you can you do a small guided reading for these children and the ch and these children might have IEPs or these children might have difficulty reading because they aren't in the classroom as frequent as what they would have been 2 years ago. So I I like that you circle back to your role as a paraprofessional, right? Um what did you think? I mean, I know you were brand new, mm. <laughs> right? When this happened, right? Um, but you've been you've been around, yeah. You've yeah, been around right. teachers your whole life, mm -hmm. <laughs> like as a student in your personal life, like just all around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all a around lot me. of adults around you are teachers, <laughs> right? So, or, or educators in general, right? So, 
what did you think of your role or how do you, what did, how did you think society saw your role as an educator prior to the pandemic? So I feel like society saw me just as another person, um, especially the substitute power professional role. Um, reason why I say that is because um, substitute paraprofessionals, unfortunately, we bounce from school to school. Um, you know, we set up a good, a good reputation. Um, we talk to the AP, we talk to the principal, dean, depending on like what school you go to is, you know, how many people you make a connection with. Um, but it, sometimes it's not even in our control, you know, sometimes it's in budget, sometimes it's in funding, you know, but we just try to establish ourselves anywhere that we can. And like how I feel about our role in the education system is I feel like we're all vital. Like we are all the, like, like education is like the spine, right? The body is the department of education and each vertebrate is all of us, right? Like you have substitute paraprofessionals, not, of course, obviously not in this order, but we're all equally as important, but we're substitute paraprofessionals um paraprofessionals substitute teachers lead paraprofessionals teachers um you know um then you can get like specific like specialized teachers like you know special education teachers like gym teachers tech teachers like we're all extremely important but when it comes to yes everybody matters yes yes literally everybody matters in order in order for the spine to hold up the department of education in in regards to new york city because even outside like of new york city it's still the same, you know, like you go to Delaware, like you go to Florida, you go anywhere. The spine is still right. Education. We, we as educated, we as educators hold them up as a vertebrate and the body, instead of it being the department of education, is just the future, like the children, you know? So we have to hold them up and going back to like substitute paraprofessionals. I feel like because we have that, um, like the adaptiveness, I guess you could say, of going from different school to school. Obviously, it's different now because of COVID, but um, we have the ability to go from school to school. Um, we can spread our knowledge. We can spread our ideas, not just by emails, not just by phone calls, but by actually interacting with people and interacting with the children. And who knows? Um, maybe there's a substitute power professional that helped a child go from a level like M to O. Or like help, like help that child, and then put that child in a sense not independently, but working with the teachers, working with the other paraprofessional if there is another one, to help bring that child onto grade level or even beyond. It's really interesting because I always I'm amazed by paraprofessionals in general because we talk a lot about uh, student teacher relationships and how it's important to build relationships in order to teach children. Of course. But when a child is, for example, when a child requires a paraprofessional, I know because the children in my life are special needs and they they Mm -hmm. have they have paraprofessionals. Mm -hmm. The kind of relationship that a paraprofessional in particular develops with a child is super, super special. Right. And it's 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 super consequential to that child, particularly if it's uh, uh, an emotional Right. 
I, I, I have to say, I hate the term. <laughs> and this, this is a note to you, New York State. I hate the term emotional disturbance, but that is a designation, right? On, on the yeah, IP. I so when, it, when, when a kid has, has um, an emotional issue, right? A regulation issue, that, that's, that's what their IEP is for. It is of particular importance, right? That relationship that, that they have with the para. Given all the crap, right that goes along with with remote learning and covid unfortunately a lot of our kids are in really difficult situations at home mm. um especially our our kids who already have um emotional um conditions given mm. all the added trauma have you found have you found that some of your kids with emotional issues, like how are they doing? I know you got assigned a particularly difficult case, right? <laughs> with with a, with a student. So like, how are they doing? How are they doing? So, all right, there it's 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 like a hot and cold situation. I'll be honest. Um, there's good, then there's bad, then there's really bad, and then it's just like are you the same kid? Because some days they shine. Some days it might just be a beam of light. And those days we just have to take as a victory. We have to say, okay, you know, um, you wrote the first page down, but you ripped up the rest of your notebook. All right. You wrote something down today, but let's just not do the notebook part or, okay. Um, you finished your homework. Well, your classwork in most cases, but you fell asleep. Okay. Uh, it's not okay to fall asleep, but you did your work. It's not excusable. We'll work on it. You know, it's just little baby steps that we have to take. Um, in some cases, the the children that struggle sometimes at home and at school, they tend to, you know, mesh them together. And I quite literally get on their level. Like I get down on like both knees or like a knee or like I literally sit down on the floor. I don't care. The floor is dirty. The kid's more important. Right. What's going on? What's up? You ate today? How you feeling? Try to get at me. I find it a respect thing because I've worked with children long enough. I worked with kids from like 14 to like 18. Then I went to college and then um, I did like a year, like working like an after school program, left, went back after um, my previous job. And I noticed that kids respect you a lot more when you get down on their level and they tend to calm down. They tend to say, okay, you're not talking down on me. You're talking to me. And I find like that's a really, really effective tactic, not just for paraprofessionals, but, you know, teachers, aides literally anybody or any person not humans even just an adults yeah <laughs> yes snaps yes because no one likes being talked down upon especially if you're taller i mean some of these kids nowadays are taller than me but everybody's whatever. taller than me you know how short i am <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it's just like they respect you a lot more and their attitude changes it totally changes and i find that you know doing that and like doing the work with them and not for them helps them a out a one. lot and it, like even if they have like 
like their emotions are all over the place or like they can't identify like what it is. You get down to their level, they breathe and they're just like, I'm feeling this. Or one other way I told them, write it. Just write it out for me. Write it down on a piece of paper. I'll take it and I'll throw it out. Or I'll even rip it up in front of them just to show that they could trust me. Mm-hmm. Because we're adults. We're not going to remember everything, you know, that's said <laughs> to us. So it's just like, you know, okay, I'm going to remember that this child felt this way. I'm going to address it right then and there. So do you find that that they're opening up to you more about their issues now? Or are they retreating? Or is it a on a case-by-case basis like you mentioned just now? No, I... I find I find that they that they're slowly not even slowly actually they are really really opening up to me right now to the point where you know I have to say all right time out give me a second say that like run that past me one more time I want to confirm what I just heard so you know I want to make sure the child's safety is first like not just physical but like mental and emotional like sometimes they might come back from recess and they're upset they tell me what happened I'm like let's go for a walk. Like, I just let the teacher know, hey, X, Y, Z happened. You know, I obviously keep it anonymous. Just give me two minutes. 95% of the time, I get told, go right ahead. Um, Sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, let them finish the work first. And, like, do, like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then, like, go for a little walk or go use the bathroom. Um, But I find that the children that I work with and even some of the kids that I, I don't directly work with, that my kids talk to other kids like in the playground um, or like when they're, um, you know, like at gym and stuff like that, doing activities like, hey, yeah. Um, or even through Roblox, as <laughs> some of them tell me. Um, they're like, yeah, I talked to this person, like one um, a kid in another class, an older kid too, he's eighth grade. Just came up to me and said, hey, can I talk to you? I don't know this kid like that. So you're I getting don't. referrals now. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like I said, it doesn't matter to me because what comes first as an educator, besides education, is a child's safety and not just regular, not just physical safety, but mental and emotional. Because if me and my, as a person, if one of those checkpoints isn't checked off, then I have a problem. And I need to make sure you're okay as a person before anything else. You can't learn if you're dysregulated, right? Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. learn if if you don't feel good. So that mm-hmm. that's definitely a priority. Do you find that it's helpful that you're a young guy in in like relating to the kids? You know, because like I'm I'm having I'm this is a whole thing, right? I'm having like a crisis right now with my age because I used to be the hip teacher. You can ask your mom. Okay, <laughs> I was the hip teacher for a long time, and now no, I'm I, like I, I, I'm listen, talk I about I'm not hip anymore. I'm not hip. I'm not hip. <laughs> so, like, do you find that that's helpful? Like, you being a young male from from the Bronx, like, like, like the students that you that you serve, you know. Listen, I'll, I'll make the remark as you are the hip one because <laughs> I, I I remember, I still remember that it, I, I still remember. T- time flies, but memories remain. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank yep, you. My ego yep. appreciates you. <laughs> It's not a problem. I only speak the truth. I only speak the truth. But um, I find it to be that there needs to be more people that are younger. Um, I'm, This is kind of the problem, like, with me. Like, when I get into a job, whether it's, like, this job or prior, I'm always the youngest one. And I'm just like... That's going to change. Don't you worry. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. I know, I know. It's gonna change. It's just I find it that that um they do relate a little bit more to me, and they do feel a little bit more comfortable talking to me because I'm younger, and also um like how I hold myself up. Like I don't like I come in every morning. Like they see me before they even walk into the school. Like this morning, I went I went to go get um a bottle of water. I forgot to grab this morning, and I seen two of my kids in the in the grocery store. And I was like, hey, what's up? He's like, looking at me like I'm not supposed to be there. I'm like, this is a deli. <laughs> it's not school. <laughs> I could go in. I said, hey, what's up? Good morning. I was like, what are you getting? He was like, oh, I'm just getting a sandwich. And I was just like, he already paid. I, I was going to pay for it, but he already paid. So I was just like, all right, no, I'll see you. I'll see you in about an hour. But, you know, it was just like, I like to keep that demeanor. Like, hi, good morning. Like, even if I'm outside, if I see you in the street and stuff like that, it's just how I am. But like being younger definitely does help because at the end of the day, they, as a child, like I reflect back and I would have felt a lot more, like I felt a lot more comfortable talking to somebody that was my age now versus somebody that was like in their forties or fifties. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the sense of age. To be honest with you, it has the sense of to do with comfort because it's just like, as as a kid, you're like, hey, yeah, he's closer, like to me than I am to an older person because again, the the stigma is older people are a lot more strict, like they lay down the rules, they're no fun. That's not true. Depends on the person you go to, but in all honesty, that like that that's how that's how that's how kids view us. Like you put me in a room with like a forty five year old or a fifty year old. And the kid is like, oh, I don't know who to go to. They, I'm not going to say it's 100%, but chances are they might feel more comfortable opening up to me than they do to the other person who's older. I feel like I have to give this disclaimer every show. I promise we're not <laughs> ageist here. Um, no, I, I, no. I, <laughs> I, because, they're, they're, you know, like experience, experience means a lot. And also different... I feel like different characteristics of different age groups might work for different kids, right? Like a kid yeah. might relate more to someone who's like an older lady who might remind them of their grandma or mm-hmm. someone who is a middle-aged woman who might remind them of their aunt or a middle-aged man who might remind them of their uncle, but a young guy might remind them of their older brother, their cousin that they look up to, right? And yeah. just in terms of like interests, right? Like mm-hmm. they'll probably assume oh he probably plays the games i play right or i you know he probably knows the the stuff i know yeah like again like he'll get my references so that that's what i that's why i <laughs> i mentioned the the age thing because for sure um i do remember when i was a young hip teacher um kids did tend to open up in different ways i feel than they did i feel like they they expected less judgment from somebody yeah um mm-hmm. who was who was younger so that's my that's my ageism disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you even mentioned that because today one of the kids asked if i watched a show and i'm like i watch that show because it's a mature show what are you doing watching that show like wait a second and then the person that just so happened to be older than me was like what's that and i was just like it's a show they're not supposed to watch <laughs> but it go it goes back to what you were saying about being relatable because if it roles were vice versa it this conversation would have went the same way it went with me you, you, you know yeah and i guess it's also part of like 
having to stay on top of things, right? And having to like be like, okay, so what are what are my kids? Like I work with middle schoolers, right? So I'm like, okay, what are they into? And thankfully, mm-hmm. like I have other kids around who put me on <laughs> and then yeah. I can act like I know what's going on. Like I know I know all American, right? That was a big hit. When I found out about All American and started watching it, I was the hip teacher again for a little bit and that was cool. So so it's definitely like we always talk about educators being lifelong learners and we have to learn the education innovations that come up and different theories and all that. But we also need to keep up with our pop culture and things so we can relate to the kids. Like that's another type of learning that we really need to stay on mm-hmm, top of. Mm-hmm. I think I think that that's something we don't talk about enough. Like you got to you got to stay up with the culture. Oh yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Because you don't keep up with the culture at all. You'll be like, like just lost. Like you'll be completely lost. Like they'll be talking about one thing and then, you know, they'll say like slang and you're like, what's that? I was just that? thinking slang. I was just thinking slang. Yeah. You're like, like, what's that? And you're like, huh? Like you're, you're lost. And then they explain it to you. And then it's just like, oh, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> but all right. Let's just go with that. For sure, for sure. So so you're hybrid. And I yeah. I respect you a ton because my school tried to go hybrid. We went in one time for practice in December. Mm-hmm. And then every time we tried to open, we're, we're a charter school and we are in a DOE building. So we have to okay. go by what they went. And they ended up having cases. So mm. they would close every time we try to open. And we ended up going in yeah. once and then admin just gave up. So hats off to you because that one day that I was in there with kids killed me. I was exhausted. I, I don't yeah. know. Like I was wild. So can you can you walk us through a typical day of being in the building and a typical day of not being in the building? And is there a typical day anymore? <laughs> Does that the exist? answer the answer to that last question, which is going to answer the rest? No, there isn't a typical day anymore. It's quite it's quite literally like the weather right now. <laughs> it's like it's freezing in the morning, right? Like in the morning when we do on um, remote when we when we were fully remote. So I'll start with fully remote. When we were fully remote, you know, when everything shut down, it was um, it's cold like the morning, right? Confusing. It's just like. No responses, blank screens. You're sitting there like, good morning, for at least 30 minutes. Turn on your camera, turn on your camera. And that would at least cut into almost 85% of a 45 brick, of a 45 brick block of actual teaching. So, you know, it's like, it was difficult. Um... As things started to warm up later on in the day, like the weather, you start pro- you start approaching like twelve o'clock, one o'clock. That twelve o'clock, one o'clock was probably like the middle of us being fully remote. Um, the kids actually enjoyed it to the point where they were just like, "Yeah, keep the schools closed." And I'm like, "No, don't do that because uh, you guys are getting away with a lot." <laughs> um, you know, um, one of the most frustrating parts was they would submit work. And they weren't able to read it back. And I'm just like, so how'd you get this? I typed it. Oh, yeah, I know you typed it. But where's your work? It's there. That's the answer. Yeah, but where's so, the rest of it? So, so many levels. So oh, many levels. Yeah, there's so many levels to it. But the main level, like the boss level that we couldn't pass, 
was where's the work the it's blank like, assignments are the killers for me oh man not 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 even the blank assignments the um turning in 225 page documents of like powerpoint what? slides for like for like for like, the, like for the whole year like it would be like the whole year's worth of work and submitting it and saying oh yeah i finished it how <laughs> how like oh yeah i finished it i typed into the box and me i know how to get into the google drive like the master drive and i'm like it says you last accessed it last month <laughs> no i didn't and i'm just like you know what I'm going to let you be. But I'm going to reassign it to you. <laughs> and then towards the end of us being remote, it kind of like dwindled down. And then, you know, we sl- slowly started learning we were going to go back. I don't want to go back. And then the attendance started dwindling and everything. So that was fully remote. And then when we went back to being fully in person, some of the kids trickled in in the sense of like, we had a t- we have a total of 12 kids um, that, that are... Not both, but just in attendance, because um, I'm in a twelve to one to one. Um, so self-contained special yes. education. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, um, you know, it's definitely a different experience. I wasn't in that before. Like I said, prior to this, I was a one to one para. Um, in a class of twenty five. Well, was it twenty five? I think it was like it was about like twenty two, like twenty two, twenty three around that. So an an ICT class. Yes. Mixed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So cool right fine way smaller setting um bigger challenges bigger challenges smaller setting bigger challenges definitely bigger challenges but nothing that's not conquerable Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day like i mentioned earlier every every little thing like every little step is a little victory even if you have to go back two steps in order to go forward three that's a check mark in my book it's like okay did that today Okay, we did we did this today. That's totally fine with me. So, like I said, um, the kids started slowly trickling in. Um, first we had two. At one point we had one for a week, and I looked at my co-teacher and I'm just like, We got one. We got one kid. We gotta come in for one kid. But at the end of the day, okay, if that's what we gotta do, that's what we gotta do. But let's try to get more kids in. Um one month later, six kids. Um, how'd you do you know, that? Um, we did a lot of outreach to parents. Um, when I mean a lot, I mean like calling like twice a day. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get blocked. <laughs> um, there's an app called Text Now. You change your number. <laughs> oh, see, this is why we need youth. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like like I mentioned earlier, the kids come first. Mm-hmm. Like the kids come first. I don't want to say education comes second as an educator. But the kids come first in the sense of if you need to be here, which I, I like to say 95% of them do. If you need to be here, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you are here and I take care of you. Well, you can't learn if you're not present. Right. Yeah. Like that's 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 the basics. That's the yeah. that's the first step. Mm-hmm. So that's impressive. You guys, you guys hounded people until you got your kids <laughs> in there. Yeah. Hounded hounded's the right um adjective there. <laughs> and how did um how were how did the kids react to being back? Like what were what were some of their first impressions? How were they handling themselves? Because it was like a like you know, it, it was a long time out of the classroom. You, um, you know the old school cartoons where like the two characters were fighting, there's like a whole bunch of dust and stuff like that being kicked <laughs> up. It was like that. 
um, just more of frustration on their part. Um, and frustration on our part as well, because it was like, hey, we want you here to learn. Like, we're not saying that we don't want you here. We want you here to learn. Okay, yeah, you enjoyed your time and got way too comfortable being remote, right? And you know what? That's okay, because frankly, some of us got comfortable being remote as well. I, sure. I'll, I'll be completely honest with that. I got, I'll, I'll be, I'll be the first time in it. I got comfortable being remote. I got way too comfortable being remote. So when I heard we we're going back, I'm like, okay, um, I have to adjust my sleep schedule. About like, take, it takes like a week, <laughs> right? So fine, got it done. Started calling kids within two to three days of being in person. You know, we got the kids in. They were huffing and puffing about it. But again, I got down to their level and I looked at them. I'm like, hey, we're here for you. We're not against you. We're here for you because we want you to be good. We don't want you to be good, actually. We want you to be great at every single thing that you do, not just as a person, but mentally. Like, be able to understand problems. Be able to understand, like, how you feel, you know? Because being an educator is just more is more than teaching math. It's more than teaching, you know, like, ELA and, like, history. Some of these kids, not some, but the majority of these kids form social skills in class. They form habits, right? Like, a habit being, you know, ask to go somewhere, like, you know, obviously... <laughs> Um, ask to go and stand up to go to the bathroom or like go to your locker or something like that. Like, you know, ask, asking permission, like asking to do things because before the pandemic, well, you, you would know longer than I, because you've been in, you've been in it way longer than I have. How many kids got up without raising their hands? <laughs> right. They learn, they learn these, these social cues, even like, mm -hmm. please and thank you. Even yeah, like, yeah. like how to how to jump into a conversation without interrupting like these are all like the quote-unquote soft skills right that we teach particularly you're in an elementary setting right yeah i'm i'm in, I'm, I'm in middle school i do six seven and eight. Oh, okay you're in middle school you're in middle school yeah, yeah. Oh, that's rough man <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll be i'll be honest I, I love it i love it i've been in middle school for a long time I love middle school, but it is it, people stay away from middle school. To be honest, like they I, don't. It takes a special human ever to teach middle school kids. And I'll be honest, this is actually my first time in six, seven, and eight. Um, I've usually been assigned second. You'll grade. never leave. You will never leave. I promise you. you I don't love it. I don't. I don't think I want to. To be blunt, mm -hmm. I don't because, um, in a sense, I feel like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. In my opinion, again. I'm not that long in the education system, but I have been dealing with kids for some time. Between second to fourth grade, they're sponges, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. They they absorb. Well, I'd I'd like to say first, but they're still learning. But like between second and fourth grade, they're sponges. Fifth grade is nothing but self expression. Sixth grade is literally a safety net as educators because it's just like, all right, we need to do the most that we can. If this child is lacking in X skill or Y skill, like let's hone in as as teachers, not just, you know, me and you, let's say we're both in the classroom, but me and you, the sub para or the power professional or anybody else that's helping that child, like speech, um, you know, the the speech teacher or like um English is a next language teacher, like, okay, let's focus on what this child needs. And, you know, I like that's why I say we, I feel like it's a safety net between sixth, seventh and eighth, because to be honest with you, high school is a different demon. 
Right. Like what the way I always try to explain it to people and the the reason I was I always gravitated to middle school. I did I taught my license is actually one through six, but mm-hmm. I I've done most of my teaching in middle school. <laughs> um is because I feel like you can catch a kid. Yeah. In middle school, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people don't realize that that kids start leaving school really in middle school. Like, and I and I have that experience personally, uh, yeah, like with yeah. with people in my family that it was like it was evident like in middle school that what the what the conclusion was gonna be, right? That they were gonna get to yeah. high school and they weren't gonna finish, unfortunately. And so to me, middle school is so pivotal. And I think those of us crazy enough to like it. Once we get a taste of it, we'll never leave. We'll never leave middle school. Like, we'll never leave yeah. because it's tough, but but it's it's super super duper rewarding. And especially in the role of of a paraprofessional, I feel with our kids who are suffering. We want to call it again, New York State. I need you to fix yourself emotionally. Emotional disturbance. Really, what it is is trauma by most of the time right is 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 mm-hmm. a trauma response that that a lot of our kids unfortunately have um middle school it's like so many things are going on so you have this trauma that you're already dealing with that maybe you have been dealing with you have your hormones going crazy you know you're you're 12 13 14 and to have good support from adults who are working as a team particularly if you have a paraprofessional who's really there for you, I think that's that's super vital for a lot of a lot of those children who may not have that support anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's like sometimes um they look up to you, not just as a teacher, but in some cases, I haven't been called it, but like as a big brother or a big sister. And there's nothing wrong with that in the sense of like you're there for that person. Or maybe you might, like you mentioned earlier, remind them of someone. Like, oh, yeah, I remember when my grandmother used to do this for me. Oh, yeah, I remember when my big brother used to do this for me. Or I remember my sister used to help me with my homework. And you're helping her the same. You know, kids make that connection. They might be young, but they make those emotional and and social connections. Just from something as small as you read a passage to them. Or something as small as you break down what a division problem is what a multiplication problem is. They're like, oh yeah, like I remember I used to do this with my mom or I used to do this with my dad, you know? And you keep doing that, I guarantee you within at least a month, that kid will look at you so differently than when you first walked in through that door, when you first walked in through that classroom door. Guarantee you. It's really, I'm 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 getting emotional like because it's really quite a privilege right to be because I remember the, those teachers in my life right so I've been very open about I had a very chaotic upbringing um and the school system and people in school 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 became like my functional parent right and to 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 play that role for some of our kids to be a constant to be to be the kind person that they see every day, sometimes the only kind person yeah. that they'll see every day, sometimes yeah. the only the only consistent person in their lives. That's that's really that's really a privilege that 
makes everything else, all the other crap, right? Like I started this, this podcast to vent, to be quite honest. (laughs) (laughs) And it's become, it's become more than that because I hear all these stories like yours and so many other people, so many other educators that it, it really is a privilege for us to serve these kids. And, and it's been super hard through COVID. It's been such a challenge. Like you can't beat the commute. You and I are both commuters. You cannot beat the commute, but I would much rather be in school safely Mm -hmm. than, than be remote. Right. Because again, you get to see your kids, you get to see, what do they look like? Well, I'm seeing that this this child is disheveled. This, he's been disheveled for a couple of days. Uh, yeah. This this mm-hmm. child is falling asleep. Like, mm-hmm. what is what mm-hmm. is happening? Right. So, so it really it really is, it is it is a a privilege and a responsibility, right? And it's so beautiful to hear you speak about those personal relationships with with the kids. So, I wonder. Do you think that whenever we get to something more normal, that are we are we as teachers or as educators, teachers, paraprofessionals, all school staff, mm-hmm. do you think that our relationship with students is going to be forever changed given that we all have this common experience of COVID? Um. That's that's actually a pretty good question. Um, but like my answer, like as of right now, and to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure it will change the more and more we experience these things. Um, there, there's no, there's no normal anymore. There, like, there, frankly, is no going back from this. Like, there's no, oh yeah, let's shove 28 kids in a classroom in a classroom that's supposed to have 22 kids, but. <laughs> You get my point. There's like, there's no going back to that. Why? And this is a New York City thing. Let's make this very, very clear. New York City, right? The classrooms are um, small. Um, a very, very cramped classrooms. Very cramped classrooms compared to other places. Very old buildings. Ancient buildings <laughs> with, with ventilation older than like my generational line, but I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like you know, there is no going back to normal, it doesn't even matter the amount of funding we get. To be very, very honest with you, even if these buildings were to change and be more updated, there is no going back to normal. Why? Because COVID's gonna be around forever with vaccines, with all this stuff, preventative care, and everything. It's just like us as educators, we have to adapt and I'm remaining hopeful that our relationship with our children and not only with our children, but with our administration, with, you know, um, the local lunch ladies, the delivery people, like people who come in and out of the building. I feel like it's not going to change. If anything, it will change, but for the better. It will like, like, think about it like this, like you're going through something with someone. Right. Right. Like, think about it's literally like a relationship. Quite literally, it is a relationship. (laughs) It's just like, like you're going through something with someone. It's just like, all right, like these times are rough, but we can get through this. You got like that's how you have to be with the kids. Like, hey, yeah, guys, I understand that we're remote right now, but we're gonna try our best 
to learn multiplication. Hey guys, I understand it might be a little bit hard for you to read to read this, so I'm gonna read it to you guys, but we're gonna get through this together. Like I find that I've been telling the kids that a lot in the sense of like, hey, like I know you don't exactly wanna be here right now and you wanna be remote. Trust me, I understand where you're coming from. Because if I, if I was in your shoes, to be very blunt with you, I'd feel the same, right? But we're here now. Let's make the best of it. And let's learn the most that we can. And from fully remote to in-person, like if I were to give productivity like like a number between in-person between in person and, vers- and versus um online, the kids in person work like 2,000% better. Oh, yeah. Like it, 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 it's not even because of us hovering, right? I just think it's the presence, you know, of us just being there for them to help. Because like you mentioned earlier, some of these kids don't see people consistently. And like, I'm trying I'm trying my best not to cry myself because it's just like, I wish I could be that person for them at all times. Like even outside of school, right? Say, hey, yeah, if you need anything, like, let me know. Like, come to school a little bit early. Like, I'm outside my school like an hour before I even start. You know, like I said, I saw one of the kids in the deli. Hey, yeah, I'm having a bad day today. You know, I keep that in mind. You know, some of these kids, like you said, they don't see people consistently or we might be the only nice person that they meet. So us being there for them physically, not all this computerized stuff, right? Us being there for them physically is a huge step in their lives, whether they want to admit it or not. It's de- It definitely provides a huge impact. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, I the one day that I went in uh, with with students, it's like a switch went off. Like you don't forget mm-hmm. how to be you don't forget how to be a teacher in a classroom. And I think students don't forget how to be students in a classroom. Yep. And we forget that that, yes, they're all into technology. First of all, I want to make a distinction. A lot of our children, unfortunately, they People say they know technology. They know social media. They don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know technology. Like, they don't necessarily know (laughs) how to use, like, Google Suite, which is a whole other thing that we need to address because I'm confused as to how I, who grew up in the 90s, used to get got computer class since the olden times, as some of my students say. (laughs) I got computer class from the moment I was in, like, first grade. Yes. And then we haven't had computer class since I've been a teacher anywhere that yes. I've ever taught, right? Yes. So it's like, so our kids know how to use social media apps. They're not, they're not proficient in using a lot of this technology. One unintended consequence is that they've, I've, I'm glad that we've been able to coach them through it. And now a lot of them know more, but nothing, like you said, nothing will replace two human beings in the same space because you can mm-hmm. read each other's energy um, you can you can support someone without a word. Yeah, you know you can support someone with your body language uh, when you're in person. Some of our kids need that. Like you can read a child, right? Like a child comes in, and you can already read that child, and you already have to formulate a plan. Yep. How are you going to approach this child today? How are you? What you know? What questions are you going to ask? How are you going to ask those questions? Right? Because you already have a sense of your of your student. Mm-hmm. And you see and you know them, you know them on a on an integral level. And that's what's been so hard, like starting the year remote, yeah. like my students. Yeah. I didn't know them like that. The kids that I went remote with last year, we spent most of the year together. So mm-hmm. we already knew each other. But like to build a relationship remotely, we've, we've made do 
right? Um, yeah. But it's not it's not the same as being being in the same space and and supporting supporting our children the way they deserve to be supported. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you any more than that. I know um, definitely one tip that I like I'll put out there is um, what I did is um, I use Kahoot a lot. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, when, as soon as we finished, like, the Zoom call, or even when we were in person, I would create probably, like, two or three and have it in the back pocket. And, like, when we were in person, I kind of got to feel out, like, hey, like, what do you like? What's your favorite food? What's this? What's that? Or even, you know, like, um, when wintertime was around, I made, like, a winter wonderland. Like, oh, guess this character from this movie and stuff like that. And I got no clue what the movie is. <laughs> I, I literally just type in children's children's movies 2020 or 2019 and I, I look at the caption i'm like okay that's this person all right i'm gonna put a bunch of random names you know and like us as educators like we definitely go up and beyond like when when it comes to like trying to like help the children in the classroom outside the classroom and stuff like that between lesson planning lesson planning and lesson planning <laughs> <laughs> like you know we always try to be there for the kid even when they're not in the classroom, because as an educator, we all know as as we're lesson planning, we're thinking about the kids. Like, okay, I have 12 kids today, or I might have 15 kids today. I need to make sure that all 15 kids are able to grasp this concept. And then if we're in person, you know, then I'll do like, all right, group work. Well, it's COVID, so no more group work. <laughs> but all right, guys, individual work. And then just stop by and say, hey, um, you need some help with that? Or hey... Did you understand, you know, um, I feel like COVID definitely has provided us as educators and I hate to say it, but probably the like, only plus behind COVID right now is it, it allowed us to have a lot more individual time with the students Absolutely. rather rather than, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry are all together at the table joking around. Now, everybody's literally ha has their own table and you can walk to them and say, hey, everything all right? Or, hey, um, do you need help without the child feeling embarrassed 90% of the time? Because they do, they 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 tend mm -hmm. to, particularly in a in special education settings, right? Yeah, we have to normalize not not having embarrassment at learning differently, right? That's the struggle every every year for every teacher trying trying to have inclusivity, yeah. and 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 there's so much that that our especially our special needs kids have internalized, right, throughout the years about being an exceptional learner or learning differently. And that's a lot of work that it takes. And like, yeah, I hadn't seen it that way. Like through COVID, they do get in some instances a lot more individualized attention for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, you like got ahead of me. Like you just, <laughs> you just, uh, touched on, touched on everything. Um, <laughs> No, it's been it's been great to speak to you, Joseph, and to get your perspective because, like I said, I started this because I wanted to vent. Mm -hmm. I was mad. <laughs> I was mad at how we were being portrayed, things that were being said about us. But it, it, it's, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I've I've heard some things I cannot say. I've heard some things I cannot say, and all I have to do is you just gotta take your last all that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I want to start. I want to close out with this because, again, you're in a very, a very peculiar and interesting and unique uh, position as a paraprofessional. Oftentimes, because I know because the kids in my life have paraprofessionals, mm -hmm. and like the paraprofessional is my first 
is my first text. Like, what, you know, how are things going? Because I'm working and there, and I'm supervising, but also because I'm working, I can't supervise 24-7. So I'm yeah, like texting the, the paraprofessional, like, so what's going on? Is everything good? Like, or they'll text mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, they, my my kids have phenomenal, phenomenal paraprofessionals. Like, there's one one of my boys that, like, he just FaceTimes his paraprofessional <laughs> all the time. He, I think he has a crush on her. He's had a crush on her for, for a hot minute, so that helps. But, like, what have... So, being in education, obviously, I have a different kind of relationship with the, with the paraprofessionals, a different kind of appreciation, right? Have you had any... Can you tell us about, like your experiences with with the families in your role as a paraprofessional. Like you mentioned, you harass people <laughs> into sending their kids to school. You, sometimes you have to have difficult conversations, right, with parents mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being a paraprofessional. Like what has your overall experience been with families in your role as a paraprofessional? Um. It's been again, like I said earlier, hot and cold. Um, mostly, mostly hot though, in the sense of being positive. To be very honest with you, because some of these parents actually like the fact that I used to call almost every day. Like I'm not even kidding. Every single day, I used to call. Their kid isn't in by nine fifteen. Hello, Mr. Such and Such, or Mr. Such and Such. Yeah, um, your kid's not in today. I used to leave voicemails. I used to text them like, "Hey, um, what's going on?" Um, majority of the time I wouldn't get cursed out. It would just be like, Hey, yeah, my son or daughter's in, um, like, like going through something right now. Like, you know, he or she is sick or he or she, like they're at the doctor's right now or like a device broke or anything like that. And I would text them like, Hey, um, do you need help? Like getting another device? Um, is everything all right? Like, do you need to call the school? Um, and I would always text them like, Hey, yeah, I'm available from eight to three. You want to shoot me a text? I, I I have my Apple watch. Just, okay. Noted. You know, noted. We get 10 minute breaks, shoot you a text during then, or just shoot you a text during my lunch. Um, if it was something urgent, I would tell the parents, give me a call. And then, um, I'll just, you know, I would communicate with my teacher or teachers like, Hey, um, it's such and such as mom. It's such and such as dad. Uh, and, and also they call me the IT person because I I can tell you right now, I have all the kids like, like passwords, like memorized in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, this person's that, this person's that, this person's that, this person's that, because I've done it so much. Like between password resets, like resetting iPads, um, Android devices, um, iOS devices, it's like. They call me Best Buy because like I <laughs> I literally have in the morning I'm not even getting I have all the outlets plugged in and I have all of the DOE devices uh, plugged in. Like I said, we only have six kids in person as of right now. I'm hoping it's going to increase, but we only have six kids in person right now. We have five um, computers, so I leave them out. I, quite frankly, I just leave them out because I'm just like if they go in the cart, out of sight, out of mind is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Right. So I put them in a safe place where I know they're at. And then, I, like I said, I get to my school about an hour before they open. I go in there, take care of what I got to take care of. And I just plug them all in because in the beginning of the year, oh, my tablet said this, that. This. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to fly with me no more. Oh, I was playing Roblox till three in the morning. Why <laughs> were you up at three in the morning? My yeah. iPad's dead. And I'm just like, I'm the type of person like, come here, you're going to plug it in 
and I'm a, and I'm a literally stand behind you. That happened one time. The kid was like, my iPad died. I'm like, well, let's bring it back to life. Plug it in. <laughs> I was legit like this. Just, I'll be back. <laughs> and I would check the windows and stuff. And you know, um, like I mentioned earlier, as a sub, as a substitute paraprofessional, we have the capability to go from school to school to school. And in my uh, in my my previous school, they use laptops in the regular. Mm-hmm. So I learned a few tricks. I was like, "All right, um, this is a tip for all educators out there that need to check a check a laptop real quick. Um, everything besides an HP. What you do is you. Oh, and also Max. What you do is you press Alt Tab, and it opens up all the windows. So if they're listening to music, you'll see. <laughs> because if you press the pause option on the majority of computers, it will just stop the music. But you won't know if they're listening to music because you you press the pause button. But if you press control, oh, again, control, oh, all the windows pop up and you're able to see if they're on YouTube or if they're, you know. So this being... is for, for the Chromebooks. Um, Chromebooks, what you. Hot oh, tip, everybody. Hot tip. Hot tip, right? So what you do <laughs> is you take you take three fingers and then just swipe up like I just did right now and all windows open. Every single window opens. Either that. Or on Chromebooks, um, there's a button to the right-hand side of um, the brightening uh, option. It's either the F3 or the F4 function. Um, you're able to see every tab. Well, not every tab, but you're able to see all windows that are open. So right now, if I were to press it, all my windows that are open, and then you can see individualized boxes and even desktop options. Because they play so, us. They know how to play mm-hmm. us when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. That they know. They're like little IT people. But like, yeah. not not like like how to change the font yeah. <laughs> on a Google Doc. Or, 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 to submit, or to submit a document with actual wording in it. But they know how to hide things. <laughs> like, yeah, like like an attachment. That's something that I had to really work on. Like, <laughs> like literally, like, like the first week we did a whole unit. I teach ELA. And we did like a whole little mini unit on like... This is how you send a proper email because we're getting a lot of emails that where the whole email was in the subject line. Yeah. We're like, okay, it's like this is how you do an email. This is how you use. This is how you use Google. <laughs> this is how you use Google Slides. This is yeah, how you use yeah, Google yeah. Google um, Docs. Like so. Mm-hmm. So that's an un- a good unintended consequence. So. A couple things. So listen to those hot tips from from the hip guy, guys. I'm not the hip. I'm not hip anymore. Oh, stop um, it! Stop <laughs> it! Um, so do you think um, you came? You came like you had some experience in education before. Mm-hmm. You know, a little limited, but like full blown educational system. Two weeks before COVID hits, the bulk of your experience has been in COVID. Do you think? And and I know that in the era of COVID, mm-hmm. people have shy away from plans. But do you anticipate staying in education? Yeah. Only That's because awesome. I, I've i only been doing it for a year. But like I said earlier, um, I, used to work in a, I used to work in a bank. And it felt kind of funny. Like, it was like, all right, yeah, I like it. But it's just like, do I love it? And... I, when I was working with kids, I used to tell my mother, and to, to an extent you, but I was younger. Um, I remember it's like, like I actually liked seeing the expression on the kid's face like, oh my God, I understand it now. Okay, like there's this one kid that um that's in my class that when I when I tell you, you are baptized now, you're an educator. You know what that's about, that feeling. Yeah, it's that, it's amazing. Yeah. 
It's amazing. Yeah. It's like it's like finding unexpected money in your account. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, we we could go with that. We could go with that. But um, there's this one kid in my um in my class now. When I tell you he's done a complete 180. Oh my god, he has done a complete 180 from being remote to fully in person. Like this, he. He didn't know how to um, read without, you know, like like stumbling over words and stuff like that. And every now and then we would call on him, you know, come up to the smart board. And one day, I'm not even kidding you. One day he just like Busta Rhymes just starts reading clearly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm, and I looked at him. I'm like, you were hiding this all this time. He's like, I'm a little bit shy. So what we did, I, every now and then I stopped by his desk. Can you read me that? get down to his level can you read me that build up the confidence and now he's full-blown talking <laughs> full-blown talking and i'm just like that's progress he's blossomed yeah. yeah yeah i'm like that's progress progress isn't in my opinion progress isn't measurable it's more visual mm -hmm. it's just like progress is determined by how much a person has grown and you can't measure that Because, like I mentioned earlier, not in the ways that they want to measure it. Anyway, <laughs> not in these, not in these dumb yeah. ways that they want to measure it. It's much more complex than that, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I agree. I agree. So, oh God, this has been such an awesome, awesome, awesome conversation. It's been super <laughs> weird because I will never look at you as an adult. I want you to know that <laughs> right now, like that's never gonna happen. But. <laughs> You definitely gave me a lot of things to think about in such an, an awesome perspective. And I just want, um, I want us to tell, I want you to tell us a little bit, like, what have you been doing throughout COVID? Because it's so easy to get sucked into the work. Like I know mm -hmm. last spring and even the beginning of this year, it, I was like all consumed by, yeah, by, yeah, by, yeah. by the, the work, the teaching. Mm -hmm. What have you been up to outside of teaching that has helped you sort of express yourself and just kind of unwind and, and, and be a human <laughs> in the time of COVID? <laughs> Oh man! So I've I've been I've been doing quite I've been doing quite a few things. I'm not even gonna say I've I've actually been doing more than just you know like let's say like we like COVID wasn't around. I'm actually doing more because COVID is around. If that makes sense, it's just like I'm trying to find things to do. Um, you know, like going on walks. I took up hiking last year. Um, did did the Minnesota State Park? Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Did um, did a couple other parks. And I forgot what park. Um, oh, Minnesota. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we did a 10 mile hike. That's wild. I would I would have collapsed with <laughs> with with our N95s. Oh no! Right. I, listen, I got asthma. All right. <laughs> so that was a challenge for me. But even when there weren't people around, I wanted to keep it on because at the end of the day, I want to give a shout out to doctors and nurses who do this on the regular. Yeah, because you guys are amazing. I don't know how you guys keep it on because N95 is no joke. Yeah. Yeah. The N95 is absolutely no joke. Like after that 10 mile hike, like we have water book bags with like ice inside of them. Even that couldn't like hold me off, like even like taking <laughs> it off, drink a little bit, walk, hike. And I just kept it on personally to know what it felt like to be in their shoes, because I'm like, even though they don't they don't walk 10 miles, they don't hike 10 miles. 
they're still they running around. They probably do walk 10 miles, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I, I took up hiking and everything. Um, Driving around, driving into the city when, when the city was actually drivable and, you know, no cars on the road. You were holding you were holding your sister down, right? You were taking her yeah. to and from work. I I didn't feel comfortable her with her taking transportation. Yeah. Not not at all because all right, they came out with that fancy schmancy UV light, but I bet you never <laughs> see it on the train now. Go on the four train. Let me know if you see it. Go on the D yeah. train. You don't see it anymore. It was literally for show and tell and then like, all right, take it out like a movie set. <laughs> um but yeah, I did that. Um as you can see, I got a little um got a little arm going, got a little mic. Um downloaded some software i started a podcast and everything um recently. what's the name of your podcast what's the name of your podcast what's it about um name of the podcast is conversation coliseum um what conversation coliseum is about it's a coliseum of conversation it's for the people by the people for you so um we take topics all the time um even though we just dropped an episode monday and there's gonna be another one dropping this sunday at 2 30 um eastern standard time um p.m of course that i don't know about am <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know who's up at that time listening but i appreciate it insomniac but, uh, teachers <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> but um but yeah essentially what it is is that it's just me and three of my guy friends um from high school like sophomore year um we were wow. talking about making this podcast for about three years and um one day i just woke up and said yo let's do it they're like yeah i'm like yeah, let's do it. Let's go to radio. Let's go to radio. Sh- not radio shack. Um, guitar center. Let's go to guitar center right now. Radio they- shack is back. I was gonna be like, you're dating yourself, but actually they're back. And I was like, what? Why radio shack is back? Anyway, I digress. You know my ADD. Go ahead. <laughs> oh man, but it's it's like oh man, but yeah, we we start we started the podcast and it's just extremely open minded, um, natural conversation like what we're doing right now. Um, literally about anything and everything that you guys want to, uh, well, not you guys, but anyone wants to hear about. Um, yeah, we just got an Apple podcast. I was so happy about that. Uh, we're on Apple podcast, Spotify, um, anchor breaker, Google podcasts. Um, I submitted a couple more applications to be on other podcasts, um, sites, but yeah, we're, like I said, it's just natural flowing conversation. Um, we have an Instagram. It's the name of um the podcast say Conver- it say it because you know old people like us like me <laughs> old people, like, we'll forget things <laughs> no i i got you i got you so um on instagram it's at conversation underscore underscore now guess what i just found out there are two ways to spell coliseum i didn't know that i didn't i didn't, when I you did told not, me that i didn't know that and i'm like i did I not teach know that at all <laughs> i did not know that at all so um, it's conversation two underscores, right? C is in cat, O is in olive, L is in lying, I is in indigo, S is in Sam, E is in elephant, U is in uranium, and M is in McDonald. So it's conversation two underscores Coliseum. Like I said, I had no clue there was two ways to spell Coliseum. Like I thought I spelled it wrong, and then you know, you know, Apple corrects you right away. I didn't see a red line, so I'm like. So I spelled it both ways, and I'm like, "What?" 
that's, how I, that's, that's something I have to remind my kids of all the time, too. Like, I'm like, and I'm, again, we're trying to teach them how to use these tools. And I'm like, if there's a red squiggly line, the software's trying to tell you that is that is that is uh, misspelled. So just right click it and it'll fix it. Like, so, <laughs> this is the little thing. It's the, it's the little it's things. It's the little things. Yeah, that's that's awesome because I feel like definitely we all have to find some kind of outlet, right? Because we can this field can can get all consuming. And yeah. and we definitely all need need an outlet and I hope that our children are also finding an outlet um because it, it's it's been tough and I um I can't wait to be a rickety rickety old lady and think back to this time like once it's really past us right yeah to really kind of reflect and see how did this change us and and my hope is that it changes us for for the better that that we that we become better human beings mm -hmm. because of this collective experience yeah and i i can agree with you one million percent like i i really hope and i can actually see that there is a bright side to COVID as much as everybody was, doesn't want to admit it, but there is a bright side to COVID in the sense of like, it's making us stronger for the future. Like it's helping us build better relationships in the sense of like, all right, I could teach online and I could teach in person and I'm going to try my best to maintain the relationship going both ways. Um, I can do these things. Like I, you mentioned earlier about doing things that you never knew you were capable of. Quite literally, not just educators, <laughs> but as people, we are doing things that we never thought would be possible. It's just like, um, let me ask you, like five years ago, you thought we would be walking around with masks and 95s, gloves, carrying hand sanitizer and like, gu like gun holsters like this <laughs> and Lysol. Like, no. Literally every time I walk around and I see, I'm like, wow, like this is wild. Like I never in a million years would have imagined this at yeah. all. Like seeing everybody with a mask. But yeah, yeah. Like I love ending. I love how you how you you're driving us to 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 end on a positive note. That the un the great unintended consequence of COVID, if we let it, is that we are all growing as human beings. Yes. In different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Joseph, I appreciate you. You are awesome. Um, thank you so much for the great conversation. Conversation Coliseum. Check it out. If it's anything like this, I get on it because this this was a ton of fun, and I appreciate you. And I can't wait to to see you soon. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you again for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was an extremely dope conversation. <laughs> like we we honestly could have kept going on and on and on, but. We got kids to teach in the morning. Yeah, we should do. We should. So, I got grading. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we, we got the kids to teach in the morning. We probably have maybe one or two assignments. We got to click on like, okay, blank, blank. <laughs> Timmy, little Timmy submitted H H H H H H H H H H H. Okay, I got to talk to little Timmy in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joseph, stay safe. Thank you, you, know, you too. You know that I love you. Um, and I, I will see you in the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, thank you again for having me on and I appreciate it. Have a good night and I'll see you in the next episode. All right. Bye-bye. Once again, great thanks to Joseph and thanks also to all of you for listening. Please help us get the word out about these issues by subscribing, sharing the pod and rating us. Also make sure to follow us on social media Leave a comment, email us, tweet at us, do all the things. We're teachers, so we're all about feedback. I can't wait to meet you all on the airways for the next one. 
Look out for episodes on Sunday to help you ease that Sunday night teacher anxiety. Remember that you are seen, you are appreciated, and you are loved. Stay safe, everyone. I ain't surprised at all. Seen them rise and fall. Went up the mountain, it wasn't hard to climb at all. At the top, I found some relief. I finally got some peace. Carry on, but please don't mess up the moon. Yeah. I worked too hard for it. No, I need it, beat it, but you mess up the moon. Don't, 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 don't mess up